Hello, Sobertown. Welcome to the Sobertown podcast. Let's jump on that sober train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. This morning, we have Pierre Ingram, amazing young man, and he's gotten sober and written five books. My gosh, Pierre. Welcome to Sobertown. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, man. <laughs> I'm excited to be alive at 7, 12 a.m. in the morning, and I'm ready for the life of my dreams and to serve and be the best person that I can be. I'm excited about being on here, man. Thank you for um, inviting me, man. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for coming on. And like you, I love waking up sober. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely. It's a blessing. It's super amazing not having to wake up feeling miserable. Right. Full of shame, guilt, remorse, self-loathing. I don't have any of that anymore. Nope. Absolutely. It went away, bro, because a lot of times we take on these burdens that's not built for us, right? And God God created those bricks for he could lay them down, not for us to lay them down. And a lot of times we, a lot of times where we're climbing up the mountain of life, we want to grab our book bags and, put, and it's full of bricks and we want to climb up that mountain of life. And what those what are those bricks? The bricks are what we're just talking about. Those bricks are bricks of guilt shame, blame, self-loathing. One of these bricks says past traumas. The other brick says self-loathing. One brick says fear. And as we're climbing up the mountain, as we start to recognize what we're doing, we allow our, those bricks to be taken out of our bag so we get a little bit lighter to climb up that mountain of life. And as we get up on that mountain, God is going to meet you up there with all those bricks that he took out of that bag. And he's going to use those to build a house. And that house is called the house of protection because he want to protect you from what? From all those things that you want to take on from the world, which is called addiction. And the first word in the word addiction is called is add, which means we're adding all these bricks to our life and all these bricks are is laying down on all that potential inside. So you want to picture these bricks being stacked up on the inside of you. And all these bricks called fear, self-loathing, self-doubt, and all these things are laying down on your potential. And as you give these bricks and you take them out of your book bag and you give them to God, you allow all those things to come back up. And now you get to use those things. And when I was in addiction, I wasn't able to use all that potential because all those bricks was hiding all of it. Well, let's get into that real quick, Pierre. Why don't you share a little bit of your backstory with everybody? So my backstory is pretty crazy, man. When I was five years old, um, my mom and dad, I said, I'm going to take you a little bit back and then I'm going to speed it up a little bit. So growing up, man, my, I had both of my parents, my mom and my dad. And they're they were pretty they're pretty good parents, man. But like all parents, we have dysfunction and stuff like that. Because there's things that they do did know and things that they didn't know. And as you know that sometimes we're not always good at being the best 
human beings <laughs> as possible. And when I was growing up, they would drop me off in my grandfather's house before they could go to work and provide for the family. Or they would go out just to uh, get some space alone. And when I would go over there, I would be locked in the closet and molested. And when I was five or six years old, and I would be molested by a family member. And that really caused trauma in my life. And that's kind of what, what as the years went on, that's probably what led to my addiction. But in that dark place was light, right? And I learned how to turn my scars into stars. What do I mean by that? I learned how to turn those scars into stars because God allowed these things to happen in your life but you could turn your pain into power. You could turn your pain into prosperity. You can turn your pain into purpose. And and that was a hard, hard time in my life. But it's something great that came out of it too. In the middle of my addiction, I realized that I wasn't alone because there's other people out here that were suffering like I was too. Let's talk a little bit about that because like you, I was molested at five years old. By, by a family member. And then growing up, I felt less than, like less than a man. And and that contributed a lot to my my addiction. Yeah. And and because of the shame that I felt, I I actually acted out to prove that to myself that I was a man, which meant fighting or whatever it was, drinking, all of that stuff. Tell us a little bit about how that affected you. Bro, I did a lot of that fighting, a lot of that, <laughs> right? Because I felt less of a man or something. But it was just some these lies, right? Self-limiting beliefs, these lies that we tell ourselves in our mind that makes its own home in our minds, <laughs> right? In that dark closet, telling you, Peter, come over here, man. You gotta, you gotta be this type of person. And I will fight against that little boy, man. And I will fight with everyone I knew, right? The reason why I will fight against everybody because I was fighting against myself. I didn't know my true identity and who I was, that I was someone of an influence, that I was an amazing person, that, were, that I'm an amazing human being. And at that time, I didn't know that because I was trying to hide from the things that happened to me. But the only way to it is through it. The only way that you're going to survive if you drive that car of, what well, is that car? That car of of abundance, that car of boldness, that car of confidence, right? And you got to know that the, the vehicle is purpose and that gas is your passion. And to be able to get up and realize that I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. Things, these are things that just happen to us, but it's not things that make us who we are. And you got to allow yourself to separate yourself from what happened to you because I realized that that was just an event and that eventually that that won't be an event no more because it has passed. But I kept allowing myself to be attached to things that happened to me and not realizing that it happened for me, I, actually. And it was kind of hard to, like, I thought I was uh, homosexual. I thought I was feeding into all these lies in my mind. And I was just like, bro, like, what's going on, bro? That's not who you are. 
like you know you know that's not who you are that's you know that's not how your parents raised you you know that's not like right in your mind and your heart for real hearts of hearts and i just realized that that was just me feeding into lies as i was getting older and i was trying to hide the fact that that happened to me instead of facing the fact taking off that mask looking that monster in the face and saying you know what you're going to sit right here and I'm, I'm going to control my life. You're not going to control my life no more. But I kept hearing that monster in my head saying, you sure you're not homosexual? You're, you're worthless. You're nothing. And then, you know, and I would listen to those lies in the mind. Then I just wanted to get away from those thoughts. I wanted to get away from those feelings. But those, you can't heal nothing that you can't feel. The only way to it is through it. And the only way that you're going to heal it is if you feel it. But I realized that I kept numbing all these things instead of facing facing those things head up and walking through the walking through that hard hard life that I thought was hard, but it was just building me up. So you've had to learn what you were feeling. I mean, these weren't really things that you knew or you were taught. Right. You, you had to learn all of this. You had to learn all this because you got to learn that to heal is to feel and how to embrace this feeling and how to confront the lies with the truth. And what is the truth? The truth is what happened to me is not my identity. That what happened to me is just an event. And that's just a moment in time. But I kept allowing those moments in time to become my momentum, to drinking, to um, get up the energy to drink, to pick up that bottle, to pick up those negative thoughts. Because it all stems from negative thoughts. You have a thought, now you feel bad, your body feels worse, now you feel all sad and lonely and depressed, and now you want to go get a drink. But it all starts from a thought. And it leads to the, a feeling in your body and in your heart. And then your hand starts to move. And then your hand picks up a drink. And all of a sudden you're drinking. And all of a sudden you're in the bed drunk. And all of a sudden you're waking up like, oh, my God, where am I? So how long did you live in your addictions? Man, I, live, I lived in my addictions since I was like, um, I was like 14 years old. My first drink was when I was 12 years old. And I'm 40 now. And I quit drinking when I was, what was it, 34? It was a long time, 35. 34, 35, I remember I lost both of my parents six months apart. My mom died from cirrhosis of the liver. And something just woke up in me. Something just woke up. And I was just like, bro, it's time for me to, it's time to change my life. There's some things that I wanted to do. And I wanted to be sort of an influence to many people and I realized that just keep on drinking and doing drugs and doing all these things wasn't I felt like those was the only things that wasn't judging me but then I realized they were controlling me they wasn't just judging me they were controlling my life they was dictating my next moves they was dictating what was I committed to and I was committed to drinking and doing alcohol, drinking alcohol. I wasn't committed to a real life of actually living. And I was committed to a life of killing myself slow. So what did that look like? What did your it life looked, look like? It looked like 
Bro, it looked like drinking all day long. It looked like, man, it looked like hanging out with the wrongest people, going from club to bar to bar, staying up to like four, five, six, seven in the morning, and sometimes not even getting no sleep, staying up for two, three days straight, shaking, shaking because I stayed up so long. I would be hallucinating and just, bro, just causing havoc to my whole life, bro, just losing jobs, getting back into a job, going to work, drunk, can't function. But I look like I can function because I would just fake it. <laughs> or I'd be hiding. And I felt like I was just hiding from the world, hiding from reality and just not facing it. And I would just... I would stay up for days and days when I was with my girlfriend because we both was like that. Man, I would just do cocaine and stay up for days, man. And just, I was just dying slow, bro. Your soul, man. How did how did you feel like in your soul? Oh my god, I felt cold. I felt numb. I felt. My mind was screaming for help, bro, and my heart was beating for some type of space to be set free because it felt like my heart was caged in and my mind was screaming in the forest with no one around. And that's how I felt, man. It felt like it felt terrible. It felt like I was in scarcity mode. I was just doing anything. It made no sense, bro. I didn't I didn't realize how bad it was like really hurting me until my both of my parents died six months apart. And that day when I seen my father being drug out my house because he had a heart attack in a body bag, man, I, I I was like, bro, I'll never pick up a bag of cocaine again. And it's just like that's when I stopped doing drugs. And then the first week I was I was still drinking. And then one day I was just sitting on the on the floor at my aunt's house. I think it was about 12 p.m. at night. And I was just thinking, I was like, bro, you just lost both of your parents, bro. I was going to feel bad for myself, but I'm just like, it's time to get up. Something just clicked that day. I was like, bro, it's time to get up. I was like, this drinking ain't going to do nothing, man. It's not going to bring them back. It's not going to make you feel better. And I just started thinking, I was like, I started writing things down on a notebook paper. I started writing down things I could replace alcohol with, things I can replace smoking cigarettes with. And I put, I remember putting down drinking water every day because I wrote down a list of all the things that I was doing that was hurting myself on one side of the paper. And then I put down all the things I can replace those with. And I remember writing this down, man. It was so amazing because as the years went by, I started seeing that I started to take these things on because writing things down is so powerful, bro. I don't know. I think it's spiritually sound, bro. It's, I never knew how powerful that was until I did it. And now I see my life changing because I was being intentional. I would be a hyper intentional. All right. I'm going to design my life instead of my life being designed for me. Boom. I love that hyper intentionality, man. That is, that's amazing. Hyper intentional because I've spent all my energy on designing the life I want. 
instead of allowing myself just to be blown around in the wind. So as you were hyper-intentional, that mm -hmm. probably helped you a lot with cycling through the cravings in the first part of getting sober. It helped me because I was hyper-intentional. I would get cravings. I would say, okay, cool. I feel these feelings. I'm allowing myself to process them in my mind first. And I would associate me going to get a drink or smoking with pain. So I would associate it in my mind. I would think, my God, if I do this, I'm going to feel bad. I'm going to feel worse. It's going to be excruciating. It's going to feel like pain. I'm going. It's going to hurt. And it's going to hurt. And I would associate that with death. I would associate those things with really hurtful, painful things. Because back in the day, I realized that I was associating that thing with pleasure and immediate gratification. But then I started to match it up with pain. Well, if I go get a cigarette, it's going to be painful. If I drink, it's going to be painful. So I just started associating those things, and I would go to the list. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm getting these cravings. Let me feel this, and let me replace that with the things I wrote down on the paper. So I would just drink water every day when I would get these cravings, or I would do some push-ups, or I would write. And that's what started writing five books, because I would grab a piece of paper, and I would just write, bro, like literally Bro, these are all the notebooks that I had when I was getting sober. Oh, Real wow. He look, just held up a handful of notebooks, you guys, from all the things he wrote down. I'm not even done yet, bro. Look at that. You've those got notebooks the, everywhere, Pierre. Those are the notebooks I was I was writing down stuff every day. I was writing poems. I was writing my future down because I do it in a poetic way. I was creating my future on paper, and that's how I would get rid of the cravings. Let's talk a little bit about that. We've had so many cool guests on Sober Town that have gotten sober so many different ways. We have Ben Tuff. He swam to get sober. We have Ted Perkins, who watched movies to get sober. And now we have Pierre Ingram, who got sober writing things down and writing poetry. Amen. And that's how it worked, man. First and foremost, it was God who got me through it. I didn't go to AA meetings. I did none of that. But I think it's time that I get around the community now because I spent the whole four or five years just by myself, just me and God, bro. I would go to church. I would read the word. He would show me things about myself that I didn't know. And I would spend a lot of time and I built a relationship with him and he allowed me to build a relationship with myself, which allowed me to build a relationship with everyone else. All right, let me say that again. I'm going to back back around there. I built a relationship with God. He allowed me to build a relationship with myself and it allowed me to build a relationship with everybody else. Not just a relationship. Now I'm going to get hyper intentional about it a relationship that that was with him that was intentional, a relationship that was with me that was intentional, and a relationship that was with everyone else that was hyper-intentional because I realized that I couldn't do things by myself because at that time I was isolated. I remember I was telling you about isolation and sometimes isolation is, is painful like the eagle and how it adds 30 more years to its life. What was going on when I was being isolated, when I isolated myself, 
and I was with God and I was building a relationship with him. After my parents died, I isolated myself and that's when the growth started. And this compares to the eagle. The eagle, I'm going to give you guys a story now. So I hope you guys just prepare your seat, sit back, go get you some popcorn and grab a pencil and paper because you might want to take notes down. So this is what eagles do to live longer. And then there's a process that they have to do. And if they don't do this process, they will die, correct? Correct. So when the eagle turns, I think it's uh, 35, it isolates itself and goes into the mountains. Because, you know, eagles are amazing hunters. Especially when they're hunting for fish, they're amazing hunters. So they have to go into the mountains and they do this for they do it for five months. This process lasts for five months. And they go there and they grab a rock and they bash their own beaks out. Like, just imagine how painful that is. They bash their beaks out because it's dull from going hunting all the time. So it's dull. So they can't grab the fish in their mouth as they're flying like they usually would. It would just fall out their mouths. And so the first process is they're bash their beaks out on the rock they take their talents which are their nails and they rip them out and their feathers from flying and swooping down to come get the fish eventually their feathers get all matted up on their chest so if they come down after their prey you can hear them coming so the fish so they know to get out of the way and 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 hide their prey does so this is why they go into the mountains they bash their beaks out with a rock. They rip their talents out. And then when their talents grow back, that's how, that's when they take all the matted feathers off their chest. And this is so amazing because after this process, it, it adds 30 more years to their life. They literally grow a new beak, new mm -hmm. talons, and then they're yeah. able to hunt again. Amen. And they're able to hunt again. Why I'm telling you this, because when you're going through addiction, it's going to be a time in your life where you need to isolate yourself and it's going to be painful, right? And you're going to have to go after your prey again, and you're going to need your new talents. You're going to, talents, <laughs> talents. You're going Not to talents, talents. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need your new talents, your new gifts, your new influence. You're going to need that new beak to go after your prey. What is your prey? Your prey is your sobriety. Your prey is your recovery. Your prey is whatever you want to create, your podcast. Intentionality. Intentionality is your prey, right? And when you were when we were in addiction, we didn't have a prey. We were the prey. <laughs> Let me say that again. We were the prey. So let's look at you, Pierre, in your addiction what did you accomplish in your in your addiction? Oh shoot, nothing. There you go, nothing. I accomplished nothing, bro, at all. Nothing. In your recovery, what have you accomplished? Uh, during my recovery, I accomplished writing five books, bro. I accomplished so much stuff, man. It's so amazing. I built my own brand called New Life Poetry Live. Wrote five books, man. Traveled, got on stages to speak. 
It's a lot, bro. I've been doing workshops on poetic therapy, helping other people break addiction with poetic therapy and expressing their thoughts on paper and just getting all those things out that don't belong. And it's just amazing how much you can do in five years once you just let go of the things that don't belong. I've read some of the reviews on your webpage, Pierre. These people love you. They love what you're doing. And you're helping them change their lives with what you're doing. Wow. And that's so important, man, because sometimes what you're what you do with your life affects so many other people's lives and you never realize that. That's why the addiction wanted to stay so hard because it knew what you're going to do and how you're going to influence other people's lives. Cause it's, it's not, it's not about us. It's about the people that's connected to us. People you've never even met yet is waiting for your freedom cause it's going to set them free. And how do we become free? Number one, write this down. It's important. Awareness. Number two, being hyper-intentional and writing things down on paper, taking things out of your head because that's where the battle begins. But you got to be able to look at it at an eagle eye, at an eagle's eye view. You want to look down at where you where you are and where you're trying to go and separate those things. And then you want to be like an eagle and you want to dive intentionally for those things. And you want to go for that prey. Yes, absolutely. And what is that prey? That prey is going to be your sobriety. It's going to be intentionality. It's going to be your recovery. Right. And as you dive into that recovery, it allows you to uncover all your hidden potential all your gifts and talents and allow you to face your pain, rip, bash your beacon, rip out your talents and take off your feathers for you can fly again. And that's when you get to recreate yourself, right? Yep. Recreate yourself. And it's so amazing because when you start to recreate yourself, it's a process of finding yourself. Boom. And then, when you recreate yourself, Pierre, you get to become the architect of your future. Look at look at what you're doing. You're the architect of your future. You're the architect of your recovery right now. Amen. That's so true. Because man, when you become an archi architect of your future, you allow yourself to separate yourself from who you thought you was in the past. And you start to walk into a new future, a new, a new you, a new view of you to realize that you can design your life. If you don't design your life, someone's going to design your life for you. Like your addiction has been yep. designing your life for you yep. all those years. The, the addiction was designing the places I went. It designed the food I ate. It designed the people I hung out with. It designed the environments I went into. It designed how I woke up. It designed how I went to sleep. It decided how I, every, like, think about this. Our addiction, your addiction was designing your life this whole time. And we wasn't aware enough to realize that. We wasn't hyper-intentional to design our life. Like I said before, if we don't design our life, 
the addiction will design our life for us. So, Pierre, what's okay. life like now? Life is like freedom, freedom. Let freedom ring. Let freedom sing. It just, I feel, I feel free, man. And free freedom stands for to be free in your own dominion. D O M stands for dominion right? To be free in your own dominion, to be the master of your life. The mind is a good servant, but a horrible master. Let me say that again for you. The mind is an awesome servant, but a horrible master. When you allow your mind to master you, you become a servant to it. But when you allow yourself to be a master, the mind becomes your servant. Boom. I have talked about that so many times that I was a slave to my subconscious, Pierre, literally. Yeah. And the subconscious mind is the automatic mind. It's that mind that that is like when you breathe, you do it without thinking, right? It's like when you walk, you do it without thinking. And the subconscious mind is called the automatic mind. I love the science of it. The subconscious mind is so powerful. It controls your life. It does. I became a slave to my addiction. Mm -hmm. I was consciously watching myself walk into a liquor store, buy my beer, and I'm screaming to myself, I don't want to do this, but I had no control over that. I would purchase my beer, go home and drink. My subconscious now is a spectator to my conscious. Is that badass or what? That's really bad. I love that, man. This is awesome, bro. I'm glad that you're sharing this. Like, and and first and foremost, man, I just want to say congratulations. Like, I'm proud of you, man. And this is just amazing to be here with you here today. I could feel our energy connecting, bro, and we're on the same page. And I just want to say that, man, I'm really, really proud of you, man. And it's just amazing, man, like the people that you connect with and the community that you get to surround yourself around. A lot of amazing people doing amazing things because they allow themselves to set themselves free and walk in the um, life of freedom and just be an influence to many. And that's what we're doing, Pierre. We're bringing people together. We're bringing communities together. And we're all freeing ourselves from being a slave to our addictions or whatever it may be to where we can... We're we're consciously in charge, and we love having you here. And we're going to try to bring you in more with us too, Pierre. Like the first time that I talked to you, man, we just had a. I think we talked like almost an hour. Man. We just like went off, <laughs> right? We just had a great conversation, and even right now, guys, none of this is like stage. We're just talking, right, Pierre? Yeah, yeah we're just talking, bro. It's just. It happens naturally. Just go with the flow. You never know where your life's going to go. <laughs> it's going to end up amazing, man. Just just go with the flow. It's just naturally. Like, this ain't staged or nothing. We're just having a conversation about life, about actually living life and what that looks like, right, after addiction and what happens once you recover and cover and uncover all those things that's inside of you, your potential, your gifts, your talents, that your influence on other people and not uh, to allow your past to dictate your future and who you are and whose you are. We connected really good right out, out the beginning of our first talk. And 
I I really want to bring you more into Silvertown, and I've asked you to help contribute to Silvertown, doing some podcasts and stuff, and you've agreed to do that, which is really cool. So pretty soon you'll be able to share some of the wisdoms that you've learned and, right. and move forward. Absolutely. That would be awesome, man, because I learned a lot on this road, especially the power of awareness and the because awareness is a muscle, right? If you don't use it, you lose it. And the power of writing things down and the power of being hyper-intentional. So tell us, you wrote a book called From Attraction to Addiction. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's called From Addiction to Attraction, A Road to Recovery. It's just basically a book about helping people through addiction, right? Walking through the, the steps and giving people practical steps that you can take actionably and put them in your life and start to design your own life for you that you see. You're sharing other people's stories. It's just like this podcast, sharing other people's stories, but in a book, right? And I'm always looking for other people to get in the next series of books because it's going to be a series from addiction to attraction, a road to recovery. I'm actually um, about to start writing that second second book now to that series from addiction to attraction, a road to recovery, because I just want to highlight other people's stories in a book. And at the same time, we could, we allow them to put the book out. We put it out together to allow them to get income from the book too, as well. And we all promote it together, which is to be an amazing thing. Just imagine that, like being in a conference, we all are promoting the book. It's all on the tables and we're all um, being highlighted on our stories inside the book. And that's just amazing to be able to create something like that for others to share their story because their story might uh, set someone else free. Somebody relates to other people in different ways. My story might not hit someone as potent as someone else, as your story would hit or somebody else's story would hit somebody because it's relatable to them. And that's the, that's the power of sharing people's stories because someone may come across your story and it changed their life forever and it actually sets them free. Amen. And then you've also wrote another book, The Heart of Addiction, Poetic. Oh, yeah. yeah, Poetic Therapy, because that's my thing right there. I use poetry as therapy. It's therapeutic to allow yourself to let go of all your traumas and put it down on paper, but in a poetic form. That book is about addiction. I got a lot of poems in there. One of the poems is this poem right here. I'm I say it for y'all right now. Good, because I was going to ask you to share one, so <laughs> no, you can do share. it right now. This um, poem is called Addiction Condition. An addict built from trauma, a curse that carried on. A demon gave you a Band-Aid, but the Lord carried you along. Down the path that greatness made you. This addiction condition and ain't you. Now the angels that fail, they hate you. That's where they bring your past up daily. Maybe they see where the Lord's taking you and it's not where they're going. So they feed you with lies about your life, addicted to the world's advice. And now it's these vices that had you tangled with God has mangled up twice. Now you fell and got back up and God calls that righteous. Just don't ever give up. I know being shameful is painful. I'm over here and I can feel it, but there's nothing stronger than God's word and the Holy Spirit. Addiction condition. Boom. I love it. So 
another way that you've recreated yourself, Pierre, is that you've taken classes, how to get up on stage. I mean, you've educated yourself yep, as absolutely. you've recreated yourself. Yep. Yep. I've been educating myself on mindfulness, becoming more aware, how to communicate and share a story that connects with the brain, connects with your heart, and really gives you practical steps in moving forward as I share my story. And that's why I shared the story of the eagle, because our mind connects with stories. And if I wouldn't have gotten into these classes and learned how communication actually works, I wouldn't have never knew that, right? And how to hit your heart and show you how to share your story at the same time, right? Because I'm not just sharing my story, but I'm showing you an example how you can share your story at the same time. And it's just amazing the things that you can do and learn once you allow yourself to get out of your way. Because like we say, we are our own worst enemies, that the enemy is our enemy, and the enemy, and that enemy is always inside of us. And we are our wor own worst critics. But as we allow ourselves to subtract, it allows our, ourselves to multiply and become more than we can ever imagine. And let's let everyone know that none of this can really begin until we start abstaining from our addiction. Amen. Absolutely. None of this can really begin until then because every ending is a beginning and every beginning has an ending. But when you end with addiction, your life begins a whole new life for you. So on that road to your new life, you're going to feel like that's not truly who you are. You're going to have self-limiting beliefs, self-doubt, going to creep up, self-sabotage. You're going to sabotage yourself and try to go back to your old ways. But when those things happen, just get back up and keep moving because it's part of the process. See, failure is part of the process. But as we fell forward and we trust the process, we start to move forward and that momentum starts to build. Yeah, and that's, that's a good thing to bring up there, Pierre, because sometimes people do have resets and they, they may step back a little bit. Right. If, if that ends up happening, yep. just get back up the get next back. day. Go forward, man. Keep going Let's forward. Go. Oh my God. Thank you for saying that, bro. Yeah. And drop the shame, leave the shame, guilt, and all of that back there <laughs> and, and, and get back up there flying like the Eagle so that Come you can up. dive right back into your recovery. Dive right back into your recovery. Absolutely, bro. Thank you. Because this is so important that you leave that behind that shame and guilt and you dive back into your recovery because, because here, that's just another event, right? Yeah, it's just, it's just an event, man. Every relapse is just feedback. You know what I'm saying? If you're alive, after, if you're alive, that means, and you uh, relapse, it's just feedback, man. Just be aware of what went wrong. How was I thinking? Allow yourself to think about what you were thinking about. Allow yourself to write it down, right? And be like, you know what? This is just feedback. I'm going to get back up. I know that the enemy is the inner me and I got to dig deep and go from within because every input, our input determines our output. What's going on in you is going to come out of you, right? And then your hand starts to move and then you find yourself doing things that you didn't want to do. 
and don't beat yourself up about it. Just get back up and just say, oh, you know what? I made a mistake. Let me get up and let me get get better. Get 1% better every day. In 365 days, you'll be a whole totally new person. And then in Sobertown, we tell people, just get back up and jump on that sober train and ride, right? Yes, get back on that sober train and ride. like, And then share your story with others because there's someone out there that's struggling and hurting. And the more that you serve others, the more that you come out of your depression. And that's the key to coming out of depression is to suffering others and to allow yourself to come out of yourself. And that's another important part of this. If you do have a reset, get up and, and share it. Don't let that shame hold you down. Shame lives in darkness. Once you expose that, shame can't live in darkness anymore and you're free again. Amen. You just got to expose it. You got to bring it to the light. You got to take those bricks off of it because it's hiding. It's trying to hide. You got to reveal it and then you can heal it. Heal what's going on inside you, but you got to reveal those things first. Boom. I love that. Reveal it to heal yeah. it. I love reveal that. Reveal it to heal it. So pure. With somebody just getting sober, somebody just starting out, what is your advice to them? Somebody just get it started out to take it one second at a time, one minute at a time, one hour at a time. Allow yourself to go grab a piece of paper. First thing, write down what your future self look like. And then you write down what you look like now. And then as the days go by, start to measure. You can't improve what you can't measure. And you can't measure what you want to improve unless you put it down on paper. So the the thing is, just measure where you're at. Just know where you're at. It's just like losing weight. To lose weight, you got to get on the scale first. So you want to measure where you're at, right? For you can know where you're going. And then write down what your future self look like once you come out of this addiction. But what would you do? Like, where would you go? How would you improve yourself on a daily basis? Who would you surround yourself with? How would you be thinking? How would you be talking? How would you be walking? How would you be feeling? And how would you be dealing with the life at hand? And I like one other thing that you did in the beginning too, Pierre. Instead of associating your addiction with having a good time, you associated your addiction with pain. You changed that mindset. Yep. And that's so powerful when I learned how to do this, but I learned how to do it from paper, just grabbing a pencil and paper. It's crazy how simple it is, but a lot of times we complicate stuff because that's how life's trying to throw complicated stuff at you. But it's really simple to speed up. You have to slow down to speed up. You have to slow down and allow yourself to uh, take that minute to not be so busy to say, you know what, today I'm not doing this, I'm not doing that, right? And sit down and just grab a piece of paper and write things down that you can practically take action on. That's real little, real little steps to trick the mind. By writing that down, you can see that yes, that see is it. painful. You get yes. to see that. You get to see it, right? You get to see it first, which allows you to be able to change it, right? You want to see what's going on on paper 
at the eagle's eyes view. And then you get to change it and you get to write your, rewrite your story, right? You're the author to your story and there's chapters to be written. But you got to grab the pencil and paper and start writing because you hold the pen to your life and not just to your life, to other people's lives too. Boom. I love that, Pierre. I love that. Pierre, it's been an amazing time sitting here talking to you. It was awesome, man. I'm excited. I was waiting for this because you're such an amazing person, man. And like, you got such a good heart, bro. And that's what God be saying. Like a lot of times we don't even see it. Like, but God does. And he knows the impact that you're going to make in people's lives. And just talking to you made an impact in my life, man. It's just so important. I really, man, I really cherish you, bro. Like you're an awesome person and the, an amazing human being and what you and your wife are doing is just amazing, bro. Hopping well, on the sober train. I really see good things happen out of this, bro. That's going to happen out of this, man. And I appreciate your heart, bro. And the way that you communicate is just amazing, bro. Like, like you really have a heart for people. And that's so important, man. Because when we were in our addiction, man, we were selfish. All we cared about was like, what's the next drink, Gary? What are we going to do next to get to run away from our lives? And I just want to give you your ro- your flowers now, bro, and your roses and all those pretty wonderful things. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Pierre. You know, thank in my you, addiction, man. my grandkids didn't even want to be around me because I was such a jerk, right? So my my sobriety and my recovery it's changed everything. And now my grandkids love being around me. It's just, it's so magical. There's so many gifts in, in, in sobriety and recovery. And, you know, addiction killed my brother and I'm in this battle. That's one of the big reasons that why I'm here, because I'm sick of people losing people that they love and seeing people's lives destroyed. And that's what sober Town's all about is bringing people together and healing ourselves to where maybe we can be a, a lighthouse to somebody uh, around them, right? Absolutely, for they can find their way, find their way back to the to the pack, bro. Because we're it's kind of hard doing things alone, bro. But when you put yourself in the community of like-minded people, light-hearted people, and light-walking people, <laughs> let me say that again: like-minded people like walking people and like hearted people. And that's when you start to get that unity and it gives you power, bro. It gives you your power back. You become that, that flame. Yeah. I could not do it alone. I could not do it. And I tried really hard and I couldn't do it, but with all of you, I have hope. I have vision. I have purpose and I'm intentional. Boom. Amen. Super hyper intentional, man. And and it's just, you get to design your life and create amazing freaking platforms like Silvertown. Like, that's just amazing, bro. And allow and, people- and like New Life, because that's your <laughs> platform, right? Yeah, that's your new, platform. Yeah, New Life Poetry Live. Real quick, let, tell everybody where to get a hold of you. On Instagram, I think it's at P-I-E-R-E. I-N-G, which is my last name, I-N-G-R-A-M. That's my Instagram, at Pierre Ingram. And New Life Poetry Live 
that's my online platform where my the books are at too. Those where the books are and poetic therapy sessions and all that good stuff <laughs> to help you heal, right? Pierre, I want to thank you so much for coming here on Silvertown and sharing everything that you've shared with us. And then hopefully soon we're going to be hearing more from you. Maybe you'll be doing some topics that you love, or maybe you'll have a guest or two of your your own that you're, you'll bring on Silvertown. No doubt. I'll have some, uh, absolutely, some guests of my own. I know a lot of people in recovery that's doing other amazing things as well. And people that's in, that's just now started in their recovery, that's doing amazing. Because the first day in recovery is amazing. And that's one unique aspect of Silvertown is we have a lot of different people podcasting, a lot of different voices, a lot of different ways to get sober, because there's just so many different ways, Pierre. There's yeah. not just one way. Right. And the more that we share with one another, the more people that we have an opportunity to impact. Absolutely, man. And I'm so down for it. I'm so up for it. I'm so in it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And we are just really excited to bring you on board the Sober Train. Thank you, Pierre. I'm trying to tell you too, too. We're going <laughs> to take your pain. We're going to put them down this track. So we're going to hop on that train and we're going to get started moving forward. Boom. Thank you, my friend. Thank you.